So as expected, the Blazers lost last night. And I think that's, I don't think anyone expected the Blazers to win last night. Mostly because the Warriors were at home. Yes, Kevin Durant is out, but I don't think that ultimately matters in this series. Because, like, I, like I've always said, I don't trust Damian Lillard in the big in the spotlight. See, when people you know talked about how that shot that he hit against OKC was just so amazing and clutch, it's not clutch. He, first of all, the team was up in terms of the series; they were way up. So even if he missed and were to lose the game, they'd have another game to, they'd have more games to recover. All, all the Blazers had to do was just win one more game in that series. So it's easy to hit shots when you're, when you're up. Because the pressure isn't nearly, isn't on. I just, I just don't trust him in big games at all. And I mean, he, he's a phenomenal talent. Like, he's really, he's really fun to play, and I, I enjoy watching him. But, I mean, this is, how he did last night is pretty much what I expected. Four for 12. Two for five from three. Perfect from free throws. Four, re, four rebounds, six assists. But he had seven turnovers. You can't, you can't trust a guy like that. You can't trust someone, you can't trust the face of your franchise to do that. And you also have to understand, CJ McCollum is not always going to be there to, to hide your weaknesses, Damian Lillard. It's very, it's very difficult. You, you just, you just gotta, you, you can't have this. Because CJ McCollum had 17 himself. He went 7 for 19, 1 for 5, 2 for 3, had 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 turnovers, and he was a minus 20. It, it just, it just, you know, I, I don't have any faith in the Blazers at all. Even if they go home, I believe, I, I'll say this, I believe they have the skill to win one game this series. I don't see a sweep. I don't see anyone getting swept for the rest of the playoffs. I just don't. So what I would say is uh, Warriors take game two. And then I'm going to say Blazers lose. I'm going to say they, I'm going to say they win game three, lose game four. Then game five will be back in Oracle. And I think, I think the Blazers will, will win that game. I think. Just because, just because desperation is, it's a huge motivator. And then it's going to go back to Portland, but I think the Warriors will win that game. That's what I think. I just, I don't see him, uh, I don't see him doing too much of anything at all. And it's, you know, I never considered them to be, you know, 
playoff players, in my opinion. You know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You know, they're they're a fantastic backcourt duo, or just just a duo overall. Um, but you know, they're they're just never gonna win because they've been they've been at this for. Wow, let's see. Because Damian Lillard, he's 28. Not sure how old CJ McCollum is. But they've been at, they've been at this for a while. At least, at least four years. So, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you do at this point. I mean, yeah, you're facing the, yeah, you're facing the Warriors, but. Ultimately, there's nothing you can do about your opponent. You just gotta go out and beat whoever's in front of you. But your, your star player, the face of the franchise can't have 19 points. And shoot 33%. You can't have that. As a team, they shot 36%. That's way too low. From three, they shot 25%. Seven for 28. You have no chance of winning. 47 rebounds. 21 assists. Five steals, five blocks, 21 turnovers, a third of those being by Damian Lillard. You can't have that because you have to, you have to lead your team and you can't lead your team if you're leading them in turnovers. The next closest was Ennis Cantor. And he had four, CJ McCollum three, Maurice Harkless two, Alfred Camino one, Rodney Hood one, Zach Collins one. And you know, you know, Seth Curry, he went one for seven. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't imagine how proud, uh, his, you know, his parents are with the fact that they can watch, you know, the brothers play against each other. I think that's something that's pretty cool. But overall, uh, you know, Seth, is not very good by NBA standards. And you know what? You know, I, I've been getting feedback from people when I say, oh, you know, you can't say that this player is good, that this player is not good. And I'm like, okay, when I say that, I'm talking about NBA standards. If you're in the NBA, you've made it. You made it. You are one of the top. Well, okay. There's 30 teams and each team can have at most 450 players. Or each team can have at most 15 players. So 30 times 15 is 450. So you're in the top 450 in the world. That's pretty good. You're you're exceptional. So when I say you can't play, I mean you can't play by NBA standards. So when I say Lonzo Ball stinks, he does stink in NBA standards. I'd have no chance against him. Most people wouldn't have a chance against him. So when I say someone stinks, but they're in the NBA, they're fine. They're still really, really good compared to everybody else. So, you know, I just, I just don't trust the Blazers, man. Seth Curry, you can't go, you can't go one for seven and you can't go one for four from three. Three rebounds, two assists, one, two steals, one block. Three points. He was a minus 10. So he pretty much did nothing, is what you could say. 
I just, I just, I just can't see the Blazers winning this. Unless, unless KD stays hurt long enough. And maybe if Clay or Steph were to go down for like just two games, then I think the Blazers could do that. But that's a lot of wishful thinking. Between the two of them, Steph would probably be the one to go out because, you know, his ankles. And, you know, they're going to play him. They're going to play him physically and he's moving around a lot. So if any of the, if either of the Splash Brothers, if either of the Splash Brothers were to get hurt, it would be Steph. I'm not rooting. I'm not hoping for that. I hate seeing, I hate seeing anyone get hurt, especially stars. Cause I want to see the best, I want to see the best players play on the, you know, biggest stage. So 17, 19, 10, 17, 3. Rodney Hood had 17. That's pathetic. Rodney Hood, he played 26 minutes. But he had, he had 17 points. He almost had the same number of points as Damian Lillard. He equaled, he was this, he tied CJ McCollum and Maurice Harkless. But Damian Lillard, you, you, you can't be in the teens. You cannot be in the teens and expect to, and expect to lead your team to victory. I mean, that's just, that's just not going to work. You've got to be, you've got to be in the thirties, like mid thirties. Uh, you can't, you can't be minus 12. And CJ McCollum as the number two, he's got to be like, Mid twenties at the worst, because then because then you have a shot. And I mean, I watch, I watch this game at the, uh, you know, at my at my barber shop. And by the way, if you guys haven't been to a black barber shop in your lives, you gotta go. There's really there's really no place like it. Like, the black barber shop is just it's just one of the greatest places. That you could possibly go to. It really is. So the line, the line score, Golden State had 27, 27, 23, 39. Portland had 23, 22, 26, 23. You'll never win. They never had a shot. They never had a shot. So Golden State, cause I, I just stopped watching the game because I knew it was over. I don't, I don't really, I'm not really into watching the whole game. When I know it's over, in terms in terms of a specific game, you can just tell because players kind of look defeated. The players on the losing team kind of look defeated. They slow down. They're just you can just visibly see that their heart is not in it. Yeah, they just they just didn't have a shot. And I mean, the most minutes played by the Blazers was CJ McCullough, thirty-seven minutes. So they they were pulling him pretty early. So, hopefully, hopefully the Blazers can't make it a series. But after you know, after seeing these stats, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to get swept because I just don't. I think they're more skilled than that. I believe they're more talented than that. I just, I just, I just can't see anyone else getting swept. But you know, 
they're certainly not going to win this series unless the uh, unless the Warriors just have a significant injury and KD stays out, which is way too much wishful thinking, in my opinion. See how the Warriors do. Clay twenty six, Steph thirty six, Draymond twelve, Iguodala four, Bogut two, Kevon Looney six, Jonas Drebko nine, Alfonso McKinney three, Quinn Cook eight, Sean Livingston four, Jordan Bell three, Jacob Evans nothing, Damian Jones three. They shot fifty percent. Yep. They shot 51% from, 52% from three, 17 of 33. They shot 83% from, uh, the stripe. They had 42 rebounds, 30 assists, 13 steals, 14 turnovers. Yeah. When you're shooting that well, I mean, you, I mean, if as a team you're shooting 50%, you're pretty good. And they took 84 shots. And the Blazers took 83, but they shot 36%. And, you know, the Blazers, they shot 25% from three. And Golden State shot 50, they shot 52%. Yeah, if you just, if you had just told me that, if you told me one team hit 50%, hit 50% of their shots, and the other team hit 36% of their shots, I'd probably tell you that the team that hit 50% would win. And I think most people do the same. Yeah, you, you got, you can't shoot, you can't shoot 36%. And Damian Lillard, you gotta cut down on those turnovers. I stopped, I stopped watching when he, uh, there was a play where Damian Lillard, he was, uh, he was behind the arc. And, uh, he had been, I think he had been bumped, if I remember correctly. And he just grabbed his hamstring. That's kind of where I just stopped watching. I knew he'd be fine. But, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it for him. Or just pretty much it for that game, in my opinion. And so I just, I just changed the channel. Wow, man. So, I was, so, we were talking, we were talking in the barbershop about, the lottery, and it was it was kind of funny because we were talking about you know uh, the conspiracy, you know conspiracies and like kind of the stupidity of the 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 lottery because they talk about you know the sealed envelopes that are that have already been sealed, which it's like okay, what does that really mean? Because if you want, you say you want transparency. Here, here's what I suggest that the NBA do. It's very simple. So you take a hundred balls. Okay. It's very simple. You take a hundred balls and you, whatever, whatever percentage that a team has, you put that many balls. So like the Knicks had 14%, had a 14% chance to get, uh, the first, uh, the first pick. So you give them, you give them 14 balls and you do that, you do that according, you do that respectively to each, 
to each team based on the percentage chance that they have. And you do it right in front of everyone. You take you take the balls and you individually put them in. Yes, it's tedious, but then it completely takes away people talking about a conspiracy. Because they're because they because Rachel Nichols was talking, she was like, they're like there they are, the sealed envelopes, and I was like, that doesn't mean anything. They were sealed in the back. And I'm I'm not I'm not a conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy guy when it comes to that. But it's like if I'm the NBA and I want to remove any and all doubt of a conspiracy, I, I'm just not doing that. I'm doing as much of it as I can in front of the fans. You do it, you do it in front of as many eyes as possible with cameras, zoomed in. Okay, it's it's very simple. But, you know, that's that's just what I would do. As, you know, as the guy who's in charge of the lottery. So, uh, do I think the Pelicans will take Zion? I don't know. I wouldn't. You guys already know this. I I would probably take... I'd probably take R.J. Barrett or John Moran. I think I think Zion's going to go top three for sure. I don't see him falling out of the top three. Um... And the Lakers, you know, they got number four. But that doesn't really mean anything because the Lakers. So the draft, the draft is June 20th. So the Lakers have a little over a month to get their franchise in order. And I, I don't, I don't think they will. Cause I was reading this article about how the minority owners, they're not happy with Genie. And they're quietly protesting. The Lakers are pathetic, man. They really are. It's it's tough seeing, you know, the local team that you kind of, that I grew up with just in this floundering state. Because here's the thing. You can be bad and miss the playoffs. That That's going to happen in all franchises. You're just not going to make the playoffs every single year. You're going to have, you're going to have dry spells. But then there's this. You have you have Magic stepping down the way he did, and uh, you hired. This didn't make any sense to me. You hired Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. You hired two head coaches. One of them is going to be an assistant coach. That's pathetic. If I'm Frank Vogel, there's no way I'm taking that job. Because I don't, because here's the thing. If things get rocky, literally right next to you, you have another head coach or a guy who has been a head coach who the Lakers were emphatically trying to get on the coaching staff. There's no way I would have taken that job. Cause, cause here's the thing. Everyone who's in is probably about to be out. Palinka, he's probably going to be out when the new president of basketball operations comes in. And here I'm, and I'm hoping it's not Kurt Rambis. I don't know anyone. Anyone within the Lakers' quote unquote family should not be. Should they should not have they should not have an office because you can't run a multi billion dollar franchise like a family. 
You gotta be, you have to, you have to be cutthroat. You have to make the best decisions. And when you, when you bring people in that you have close ties to and you care for and they're actually your friends, it makes business difficult. That's just, that's just a bad idea. You don't do that. So Linda Rambis, it's like this. I have, I have, I have some good friends, but I would never go into business with them. Not with something like this. Like, like there would be people who I would do, you know, like a podcast, you know, like a podcast with or like media stuff with, but an actual business where like money is being made and millions and millions of dollars are on the line. You just, you just can't do that with friends. You, or family. It's just a terrible idea. You want the best people in there. You want the best people in the best spots. And it, and family and friends don't matter at that point. So I'm hoping, I don't know. Because I, I don't think she's going to sell the team. I just don't think that's going to happen. But it's, it's going to be hard, man. I mean, she's not, I mean, she's not the worst owner in the league. I mean, there are many, you know, there are at least, I would say James Dolan and Dan Gilbert are two of the worst owners in the league. So it's the the title of that's not going to go to Jeannie for a long time. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Lakers don't, you know, keep floundering and I hope they, I'm not asking them to make the playoffs, but just, you know, just get a vision, man. Just get, just get a president of basketball operations and, you know, actually, you know, get players that, you know, you can use. I was seeing this other thing yesterday about Lonzo Ball possibly being traded to Chicago for like a top six pick. And I'm like, okay. Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball is not worth a top, like if I have a top 10 pick and I'm not, I'm not going to give that up for Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball can't stay healthy. I don't, I don't hate on the man. I just, I just look at your production and I look at your value. He's not valuable in my opinion. And it is what it is. I just, I just, I wouldn't use him. He's not, he's not a guy that you can use. Especially, but if the Lakers draft Garland, which I think they will with number four, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to trade it. Um, but if they take Garland, uh, Lonzo's out of there and, you know, I'll be, you know, somewhere. Screaming my head off for joy that he's gone. All right. So my, my, you know, I saw this, I saw this, uh, article and it's pretty interesting. I must say it's pretty interesting. And it's, it's about Megan Rapino. The, uh, you know, she plays, she plays for U.S. soccer and says she will never, 
she will probably never sing the national anthem again. So here's here's the article. Okay, U.S. soccer star Megan Rapinoe revealed in an interview Monday she will probably never reveal or never sing the national anthem again, weeks before the team is set to defend their World Cup title in France. Rapinoe, who was the first white athlete to kneel during the national anthem before a sporting event following former NFL star Colin Kaepernick's decision in 2016, revealed in a lengthy interview with Yahoo Sports the backlash she, re- she received over her choice to take a knee. Rapino said she wasn't satisfied with the conversation that stemmed from her decision to kneel during the anthem. She expressed her displeasure with U.S. soccer's statement about the kneeling controversy and the Federation's decision to adopt a rule requiring players to stand and honor the flag. Using this blanketed patriotism as a defense against what the protest actually is was pretty cowardly. I think the NFL does it, she told Yahoo Sports. I felt like the statements from U.S. soccer and then the rule they made about ever talking to me, that was the same as what the NFL was doing, just to not have the conversation, just to try to try to just stop me from doing what I'm doing instead of at least having a conversation and trying to figure out a solution that makes sense for everyone. In this Sunday, September 18th, 2016, you can see her. While she represents the, while she still represents the U.S. in their effort to win another World Cup, Rapino called herself a walking protest. She believes the Trump administration doesn't value all American, all American equally. I feel like it's kind of defiance and, and in in and of itself, to just be who I am and wear the jersey and represent it. Rapino told the website, "Because I'm as talented as I am, I get to be here." You don't get to tell me if I can be here or not. So it's kind of a good effort to sort out any inequality or bad sentiments with the administration might have towards people who don't look exactly like him. Which, God help us if we all look like him. Scary. Really scary. Ah, disturbing. Rapino knelt during the national anthem before her match against the Chicago Red Stars in 2016. She called her act a little nod to Kaepernick and everything he's standing for right now. She recalled to Yahoo Sports that the whole controversy wasn't super easy for me. I think that it was a really good lesson for me. That this is what's, that this is what it's going to take for things to change. Norms to change, conventions to change. To try to break down white supremacy and break down racial bias. She said, it's going to take, it's going to, it is, it's going to take it being hard for everyone. She doesn't speak too well. That really resonated with me. Rapino will lead the U.S. in its first stage cup match against Thailand on June 11th. The U.S. will then play Chile on June 16th and Sweden on June 20th. This article is by Ryan Gatos of Fox News. Okay, so I think that this is a pretty, this is pretty interesting. And I will say this, one of the, one of the great things about the United States of America is that if you disagree with something politically, you can peaceful, you can peacefully protest and you can verbally disagree. I think that's one of the most amazing things about the United States. 
We don't have to agree on everything. And and naturally you won't. Because because you have, you know, almost 400 million different individuals to get everyone on the same page on something is like impossible. So you're going to get different sides on things. But I, I love the fact that she's able, that we're able as a country to, you know, voice our, you know, grievances and our, our beliefs concerning the government. I think that's great because in some countries you can't do that. They'll kill you or they'll hunt you down and you may disappear and, you know, you'll never see the light of day again. So I think no matter what you say about America, I think that's so amazing. Now, in terms of her reasoning for kneeling, well, let me say, let me say this first before I go there. Would I ever kneel? No, I wouldn't kneel. Just because, just because of what, it's, it's a difficult question because you say, because here, here, here's what I never, never understood about people who defend, saying people that, saying that everyone should stand. It's like, okay, it's a disrespect to the soldiers that defend our nation. The soldiers fight for many things. One of them is to defend our rights. So they are fighting to allow us to have the rights to peacefully pro to protest. That's one of the things they're fighting for. So the whole argument is of it's a disrespect to the soldiers. It's like, it's like, well, what, well then what are they fighting for? If, if you can't exercise your rights, then, then I, then I don't know what to tell you. Would I ever, would I ever kneel? No, I wouldn't. Because, um, I don't believe that, you know, that, Minorities are oppressed. I believe, I believe it comes down to people taking responsibility for their lives. You can't control the outcome, but you can control the effort in your life. Um, does racism still exist? Yes, it does. Because you have, so, so it's kind of interesting when people say racism is dead. I think it's hard to say that almost that it is dead because dead means it doesn't exist anywhere. And that's just not true. Is it a problem? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I think about it in my daily life, me being black does not affect me in my daily life. It really, it really doesn't. So I, you know, I disagree with Megan. But, you know, I, I applaud her for exercising her rights. Cause you can do that. And it's not like, you know, she's not burning the flag, people. Come on. And even if you want to do that, you, you could. But, you know, she's not doing that. She's taking a knee and she's just, you know, she's sharing, you know, she's sharing her opinion. And I like, I like that she does that. I really do. I, I know people who, 
who would kneel, and I know others who wouldn't. And I will say this, most of the people who I know would kneel are blacks. And most of the people I know who who have openly said that they would never kneel are white. What does that mean? Well, you can take that how you like. But, should never sing the national anthem again. I, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. I, I think people, if you, if you feel that there's nothing, if you, if you feel that there's something wrong, if you feel that there's an injustice, there are many, there are many ways you can react. Megan's just so happens to be kneeling during the National Anthem. I think she's, uh, yeah, I think, I think she's, I think she's wrong and I really wish I could, you know, it's probably, it's, I mean, you know, it's very unlikely, but I wish, you know, I could like talk to her and actually have a dialogue. And if it's true that U.S. soccer didn't have a dialogue and they just made it a rule, if if that is true, I would say shame on U.S. soccer. That's what I would say. I would say shame on U.S. soccer if that's true because you can't, because you cannot make anyone do anything, and you're you're going against their right to peacefully protest. Like she, like she's, you know, she can do that. She is allowed to do that. She has a legal right to do that. That's one of the reasons that America was made. So we could, you know, disagree politically and not be, you know, you're not, you know, chastised. She can do, she can, she can completely do this. So, with her, I would say, you know what, good, you know what, Megan, good for you. You, you felt, you felt like making a difference. And you felt like sharing what you truly believed in. Which I think is kind of good, because you have, you have some people who, um, you have some people who will never share their true feelings, and you'll, you'll never have people who, are willing to express what is, you know, what they truly feel. They'll, they'll just go with the crowd. So, I, 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 uh, I, you know, I respect her. I respect her decision to kneel. I wouldn't go along with it, but she has every, she has every right to do this. She has every right to do this. And if you as soccer, Truly did not have a discussion with her. Shame on them. Because that's, that's very, that's very annoying in my opinion. It's, she's, she's, you know, I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch soccer and, and I don't really, you know, I don't really care for it. But, you know, I just, I just, I just, I like this. 
I like, I like talking about this stuff and, you know, when you guys, when you guys do, you know, DM me on like suggestions and things like that, or like comments on things that I've made in the past, you know, I really appreciate it. So, you know, whatever you guys think about this, about this topic specifically, um, you don't have to, you don't have to comment. Um, most of the times, most of the time I just get DMs, just direct messages on things that I said. So I would, you know, you know, let me know how you feel. Would you, would you kneel? Would you stand? Um, do you think she has the right to do this? Should she be punished for doing this? Um, yeah, so just really just let me know because, because I like talking about this stuff. I think, I think discussion is very important, but also action is the most important thing. So, you know, if, if she, you know, I, I really wish, you know, I could talk to her about this. I mean, that would be, that would really be awesome. I mean, it's unlikely, but, you know, I would just, I would just want to see her full, you know, her full motivation and not just, you know, read from, specific quotes. But I remember, I remember when Kaepernick first kneeled and, uh, I was like, wow. I was like, and at first, at first I didn't think too much of it. I really didn't. And then he did it again. I was like, oh. And also, also, let me just say this. Remember, he used to sit on the bench. Remember? I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this. But then, a veteran reached out to Kaepernick and said, hey man, you know, you can, instead of sitting, you can just kneel on one knee. So that came from a U.S. veteran. So, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really like topics like this, man. It's, it's controversial and, you know, I don't think people really like talking about it, but I think it needs to be talked about. So I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again. Megan, I disagree with you, but you definitely have the right to protest like that. And you have the right to share your opinion. So ultimately, I would say bravo to Megan Rapino. All right, my last my last topic is concerning Joe Flacco, and it's it's very it's a very easy article, very easy article, and I complete I I believe he's totally right. So it's not that Denver Broncos quarterback Joe Flacco won't help rookie Drew Locke. It's that Flacco doesn't think that mentoring the young, the younger passer is the biggest part of his job description. That's absolutely true. That could not be more true. Because here's the thing. If I'm making millions of dollars and you draft my position, why would I train my replacement so he can replace me faster. Who would do that? It's not his job. 
like I I remember I remember one time I was talking about I was talking about this not this specific example but just just people overall in sports specifically like you know quarterbacks not training their um, training their backups it's like why would you like who would do that I wouldn't I wouldn't train the guy who's supposed to replace me I'm trying to get I'm trying to have the best legacy as possible and I'm trying to make as much money as possible because the NFL the NFL I'm not I'm not saying you know you know they're on food stamps but compared to you know other you know other professional leagues they're making next to nothing so I'm not I'm not going to go through the whole article but I I completely agree with Joe Flacco it's not his job it's absolutely not his job to groom to groom his backup you would you would never do that you got to you got to you got to do what's best for your career and in your best interest because you know time's running up football is one of the shorter you can't play football for long and if you are blessed enough to have a long football career more power to you it's unlikely but you know more power to you because i want to say i want to say the average nfl career is 3 years i want to say I think that's that's off the top of my head. I'm not sure, but I think it's three years. And think and think about it. There are there are thousands or millions trying to get into the league, and will never make it. So I would never take you know train my replacement to get me out of the league faster. You don't want to make yourself. You know you want to try to make yourself indispensable. You want to have something about you that no one else can do, so that way you can't be replaced. You never share all of your knowledge. You never share everything about you. You don't make yourself useless, because once you're useless, and then once everyone else, or once you're no longer special, and once you're no longer able to differentiate yourself, if if I'm the employer, it's like, well, why do we need you? We've we've got all the skills now that you that you have, so you know. See you later. So yeah, I I applaud Joe Flacco on this. I completely agree. It just it's it's not his job description. He said, "Listen, I have so many things to worry about. I'm trying to go out there and play good football. I'm trying to go out there and play the best football of my life." Flacco said Monday after the Broncos' first day of, te- of organized team activities. As far as a time constraint and all of that stuff, I'm not worried about developing guys or any of that. That is that is what it is. I hope he does. I hope he does it well. I don't look at I don't look at that as my job. My job is to win football games for this football team. You're on the money, Joe. You're on the money, and plus, you also you have to understand. There's a there's a such thing as position coaches. So there are quarterback coaches, running back coaches, receiver coaches, linebacker coaches, O-line coach, D-line coach. It's their job to develop players. It's not the position. It's not it's not the starters. 
It's not. My, he said, my job is to win football games for this football team. So he's, he's the lead guy, and it's like, okay, I've got to be the one. I've got to, I've got to be the one that leads this team. Because I have this rookie who's on my tail, and I'm at the end of my career. Because I would say, I would say Joe Flacco has, I don't know, at most three years left. So, yeah, I, I completely, I completely applaud Joe Flacco. I think he's 100% on the money. Hopefully, I can't, I can't wait to see what happens in the NFL this year, man. It's going to be a great year. Especially, especially watching the Browns, man. I can't, I can't wait. I really can't wait. So, we're almost there. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But yeah, let me know. Let me know in the, in the suggestions. And also, yes, also, I've been reached out to in the past on like suggestions and things like that of things, of topics you guys want to hear me talk about. And yeah, I do, I do take them. There was one girl who asked me in the comments yesterday, do you, you know, do you do suggestions? And I was like, absolutely I do. And there are some people in the, who DM me and they give me suggestions. And yeah, so I do take suggestions. Um, and also let me, let me know if you guys disagree with me. And yeah, so I'll keep, I'll keep you anonymous. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to call you out for no, for no reason. And, you know, I really appreciate all the support that you guys uh, give me. And, you know, this podcast is going to slowly grow. And let's see, you know, let's see where it takes us. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and let me know what you guys think about any of the topics that I ever talk about. And if you ever have any suggestions to go ahead and DM me or comment in my posts below. Have a great day.